I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And I'm Ryan. And today we watched The Page Master, the uh, 1990s uh, movie that's got live action and animated stuff. They don't exactly usually interact. It's just kind of the beginning and end is live action. The middle is is animation. But um, yeah, that's what we watched today. Who wants to do a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis? I guess I could since, like, I never do. But consider... Ryan hasn't been on an episode of it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> sure, I'll stumble through it. Let's see if I can make it not incredibly long. Uh, okay, so uh, there's a kid, Richard, played by Macaulay Culkin. That's important. It's important that you know who plays him. <laughs> this is a good start already. <laughs> who is uh, very scared. He's, he's very uh, cautious, timid child. Very worried about all the dangers of the world. And uh, in an attempt to get him out of his hair and also to maybe get him to get out in the world and toughen up a little bit, maybe. His dad sends him to a hardware store to get some nails for a treehouse he's building. On the way there, a storm picks up and starts causing all kinds of havoc. And so who Richard takes uh, a shelter in a library. And in the library... Uh, a mysterious librarian sends him off on a journey uh, through the world of uh, fiction, literature, through the genres of fantasy, uh, adventure, and horror to find his way to a phone initially, and then eventually, you know, out and and home and with a renewed sense of adventure. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, that That's sounds good. just about right. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of this without spoilers? I enjoyed it all right. I think so. We had f- fairly recently rewatched it. I say fairly. Have I think it's, it's been a few years, but it it's not. It's less than ten years since we rewatched it. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Uh, I think. But anyway, it was it was okay. It was okay. I I have not seen it i did not i mean i have not seen it in so so long that i did not remember (laughs) really any of it yeah um but it was okay yeah it was okay yeah i have a strong fondness for this because i watched it so much as a kid but i definitely say it's closer to quest for camelot than it is to you know the 90s disney movies in terms of overall quality or even uh once upon a forest so you mean I, it's great <laughs> <laughs> uh i think it's i think it has some strong qualities but it is very flawed yeah uh it, it is i i i enjoy it generally yeah. speaking it, it it fills a a little niche of both 90s live action kids movies and 90s animated movies for me yeah uh and and in that way it's it's very comfortable uh but yeah it does it does have problems and i think we get into those let's get specific 
So uh, before we start actually getting specific, here's a couple of fun facts. This film received negative reviews and yeah. didn't make back even half of its budget. Mm. Uh, director Joe Johnston, who directed the live action segments, would later go on to express his dissatisfaction over the production, claiming that the film was re-edited without his consent. Um, and just a legit, just a little fun fact. All the fictional works featured in the film were created and published before January 1st, 1923, making them part of the public domain. So that's why the specific properties are used. It's because they didn't have to pay anything to use them. Sure. It's a good reason. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was a great Atlas Shrug joke. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna bring that up this early, I see. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Let's let's get specific about the story and character. I, well, stuff. I wanted to, to say you were talking about production stuff. Uh, oh uh, yeah, it's it's the same studio that did Once Upon a Forest, right? I I think if I recall correctly, it has a bunch of the same people who worked on that, but they like changed because this. I read something about this when we did Once Upon a Forest. It's technically a different studio but a lot of the same people it's like they got their name changed and some other stuff or something like that and right. this group does like page master and cats don't dance right which well, unfortunately are both unsuccessful in the box office one of those is very good <laughs> yeah we'll get to that eventually well like like once upon a forest it it didn't it didn't do well and like once upon a forest it looks like it didn't have an international release either so Oh, was it not released at no, all? Just just a just a huh. U.S. box office, as far as I could tell. So, you know, I guess this maybe that maybe that was way more common back then. Maybe they didn't do international releases for movies like they do now. I don't but, know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Seems like they could have made some of their money back. You would think so. Yeah, it's not like it's not like a lot of its elements wouldn't translate to overseas audiences. Yeah. And I don't know, especially since. All the fictional works it uses are old and like well known and in the public domain. Like I don't know, but yeah, let's let's talk about the story and the characters and stuff. Mom, do you want to maybe talk about how they're terrible parents? <laughs> well, the reason that I have such a problem is it was wasn't just raining. It was like a tropical storm. I mean, who lets well, their child look, at first? This is a movie storm, is what it was. At, at, at first, <laughs> it was just kind of cloudy. When all the kids are out there doing their stunts on their bikes and they make fun of his stupid looking bike. And then it starts getting a little bit drizzly. And then he goes through the tunnel and it's kind of like magic or some crap happens. It's, it's a movie and then storm. It and then it becomes a full blown movie storm. But I don't. Okay, it that felt, I can live it with felt more. to me like. The storm maybe wasn't like something that was on their weather channel or whatever <laughs> that they had in 1994 that would tell, like, I don't think it was something they could have prepared for because it seemed like magic was part of it. For, for all we know, all right, I can, I can for all we that. know, the, the hardware store was like two blocks down and the kids right? were just blocking his way and he's like, well, I'm not going to go past them. So I guess I'll go, <laughs> has to go up all the hill, the way. through know, the I tunnel, know. down the know. other side. Yeah, where is that hardware store? I don't. Yeah, and uh, how, yeah, and how could you not know this huge epic library exists right, on the other side of the tunnel? He doesn't no. go out. Ever. Yeah, I wanted him to. I wanted him to say something. Be like, Richard, that there's not been a library there for thirty years. <laughs> 
Um, I do actually want to to say why one of the at least one of the parents is bad, and that is that the dad sounds like maybe he needs to actually get on his kid's level instead of pushing him to do things that the dad thinks a little boy yeah. should do. Truly, <laughs> like such a such a nineties dad. Yeah. I'm trying to support him, but I'm running out of things. And it's I like, made him do all the things that I think he should do, and he doesn't even want to. Yeah, it's like, what? If, what can I do? Have you have you tried to relate with him over statistics or? something i don't know what is this kid in he's clearly really into like math and, and statistics even yeah. if it feels like half of them he definitely just pulls out of his butt yeah but like, like he brought a medical textbook he's really smart my man yeah yeah <laughs> what are you talking about yeah he didn't want to play baseball yeah okay. yeah Jeez. have you tried board games have you tried i mean you know gee literally anything funny. besides the things that you're doing yeah <laughs> awful it's like i don't know what i can do but to be fair richard was also like scared of a tree just oh yeah just, I just mean, the trunk of a tree he has some problems not like gnarled <laughs> in a scary fashion and looking somewhat menacing just just the trunk of a tree yeah he, <laughs> he was like oh the response. lightning made that look scary and i have to run <laughs> I loved whenever his intro and he's like panning through the room and it's like, in case of fire, break glass. And in case of glass, wear these. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. His homemade uh, safety signs were quite funny. Yeah. Yes. Um, what do we think about that flippin' weirdo librarian? It was such a creepy intro. Yes, yes. He it comes was... on real strong. Yes, it was like... Uh, uh, Clue, the the movie Clue, uh-huh. or something, or you know, or any of those things. Well, yeah, I guess Clue would be a good one. Where you know you have this because he's in that horror, you know, scary looking. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah yes, he is in that, isn't he? No, yeah, he's Mister Green. And then Not Green, no, uh, whatever. Her? Plum, Plum, that's it. Maybe. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like a personal space boundaries. Yeah, no, he he's had, just he all up. He had none. He's yeah. just really enthusiastic about books. Yeah. You, you try living like, in a uh, magical I... library. <laughs> See how you turn out. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody comes there. It's just him. Which is baffling. That place is huge. Yeah. Oh, I know. That is like amazing. <laughs> that is a huge library. There's got to be a lot of people that go to that. I think the one there's one thing that translated well, uh, real world to animation with the way that the library looked, uh, so he goes to the center of the library and there's like a compass and it's it's like a rotunda. Is There's a round uh, yes, space and rotunda. then you see shelves all on either side. But it like doesn't seem to match up where it's like, if you were to, there's some rows of shelves that it doesn't look like you can access from the center. You have to go in and maybe around to get to the other side. And so then when it's animated, it looks like a big maze. And it's like, yeah, it feels like that's what it would look like. Or it looks like that's what it would feel like. Regardless, I think that translated well. Yeah, agreed. Oh, so yeah, the kid asked to uh, use a phone. And he's like, oh yeah, just go all the other way side of the library. But there's definitely a phone right in that reception desk. Yes. (laughs) And he's like, no, 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 no. This is is library use, obviously. He needs a public phone. Babe, that's a private phone for the library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very funny. Also, he was very disappointed when yes. the kid was like, oh, no, I don't want books. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, I guess our pay phone's over there. So, you know, I didn't read it as disappointment. 
I didn't read it. Well, it was a little disappointment that that like he didn't already have a book reader, but he was like, oh, well, sure. then I will turn to my other task, which is turning you into a book reader. <laughs> yes. You're going to go on a magical adventure, kid. Get ready. Um, I like when he tells Adventure that he has a fear of heights and Adventure's like, oh, yeah, man, no worries. I'll just put you in mortal peril. So you have to climb. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. yes. Like, I've got it. This book. Oh, to help us? No. <laughs> Just unleash a monster. Helps a relative term. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of wordplay with adventure and fantasies hold back and forth when they first meet. They were having a lot of fun with the dialogue there, I think. Yeah. Yes, sure. that was cute. And uh, w- one of the reasons I think they were able to do that uh, is because... Uh, Whoopi and uh, Patrick Stewart, Whoopi Goldberg and Patrick Stewart recorded together. They recorded their dialogue together. Oh, did yeah, they? Side I by side. I didn't see that. Oh, okay. That's rad. Yeah. I think yeah. it added a lot of a good good uh, communication and interaction between the two of them. Yeah, definitely. Also, when I was a kid, I had absolutely no idea that that was Patrick Stewart. I, I didn't even, like, I knew he was in the movie, but I was like, oh, I wonder where he'll be. And then Adventure showed up, and I was like, cool, still looking for Patrick Stewart. (laughs) And then finally, like, one line. I just, Frank Walker. Finally, one line, I was like, oh, it's him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's doing a whole pirate shtick, and he's killing it. Yeah, 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 because I literally He disguised himself really well in there. Yeah. Yeah, I saw his name, and like you said, it wasn't until... Y'all, this conversation that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. Patrick Stewart <laughs> yeah. was in this. Holy cow. Yeah, he was adventure the whole time. Well. Oh, uh, back to the phone thing. Once the kid gets to the phone, it's like, oh, sorry, these don't work because it's really storming out there, guys. At a time where you might need to communicate with somebody, we think it's safer to just disconnect yeah. all the phone lines. Because we don't, we don't need electricity <laughs> traveling down the phone lines and, and shocking people trying to call on the phone, so... <laughs> I mean, in fairness, that was after the point where he got knocked out and and turned into an animated kid. So who knows how much that corresponds to reality. But, uh, oh, I understood the Nevermore reference now. Definitely didn't get that as a kid. (laughs) Oh, I know. I was like, yeah. I I was wondering, too, why is Poe's bird in um, in, uh, Hyde, you know, in in Jekyll and Hyde's. Oh, because it's just horror. It's just horror stuff. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. No, the whole Hyde part was really scary to me when I was a child. Yeah. Like, what section? Yeah, it's certainly much less scary now. But uh, we're just general story characters. story characters. So I can talk about lines yeah, yeah. that they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, we could do voice acting stuff. I too. just, I loved, I loved uh, that back and forth when uh, Richard says he's adventure, and Whoopi goes, "Honey, that's what they all say." <laughs> I love that line. She has so many good one-liners. She does, yeah. Especially especially in that early part. I feel like all her lines are really... Yeah, must must be a duplex. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Oh, when after they deal with Hyde and uh, Richard, like, falls as they're scaling down the, the... cliff or mm-hmm. whatever and he grabs that gargoyle and its eyes go red all i could think about was frollo from uh hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> exactly because if you guys don't remember 
right at the end, he like slips and falls and is holding a gargoyle statue that doesn't look all that dissimilar and its eyes go red and then it cracks and falls and he falls with it into the fire. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. So just made me think of that. Hunchback was later though, right? (laughs) Yeah. Hunchback was two or three years later, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely, it's not like it's something I would have thought about when I was actually watching this movie as a kid, but now... That's all I can think about. Oh, also, um, voice acting. We should uh, call it Leonard Nimoy's uh, good performance, mm-hmm. even though it was a small yep. performance. Oh, gosh. I didn't realize he was... Yeah, he was Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, yeah. Wow. He did a really good job, too, of, of... of I didn't... Well, I mean, he sounded exactly like Leonard Nimoy to me, but... <laughs> I was also prepared for the fact that Leonard Nimoy's yeah. in this, so... He, he does do a lot of stuff as Hyde that you're not typically yeah. used to hearing Leonard Nimoy do, but but yeah. As, right, right. As especially his, Je- his Jekyll's yeah, very... Very him. Yeah. But no, he's, I mean, he's good, and I guess um, if I had remembered that he was in this, I, I should have been prepared for the fact that he's good at playing a villain since he goes on to be a big bad in the Kingdom Hearts franchise, and... Does a great job with that. There's so. a lot of Star Trek alum here. There is. There's, you know, yeah. Patrick Stewart, oh, yeah. and Leonard Nimoy, and Whoopi Goldberg, uh, and yeah. Robert Picardo uh, plays the EM, the EMH, the Emergency Medical Hologram in Voyager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a small bit part in, in here. Oh. And also Christopher Lloyd was in Search for Spock. He was a Klingon in Search for Spock, the, the main antagonist. Oh, yeah, he was. And then... Uh, I, oh, for- wow. I forgot that. And okay. then his dad, yeah, yeah. Uh, played by Ed Begley Jr., Ed Begley also Jr. had a, a, a two-part, two-part episode on Voyager where he was the guest star. So I guess a couple of them haven't actually had their Star Trek roles yet. Yeah, though. wouldn't ha- quite yet have. Well, eh, yeah, probably not. I mean, the Voyager one, certainly not. I forget exactly when that but, starts. Uh, yeah. The TNG crew, it's later in the 90s, I think. The TNG crew all would have been, though. But no, that's still really fun, like how many Star Trek people are Actually, in Actually, Picardo was already an <laughs> alum. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of uh, Rene Aubergenois. Never mind. I have twice in here uh, Stop Being Mean to Horror. Because <laughs> oh, there's two I'm... times where he keeps being mean to horror, and I'm like, hey... Hey, adventure, you need to chill. Yeah, he's up on the, the rock, like, ah, yes, we're an adventure. And horror goes up and wants to be there, too. And he's like, there's only room for one up here. Yeah, and so, how dare you? I but they know. covered it. Like, that was intentional. They were they were just, like, having him be oh, mean yeah. to him for no, for no reason. That was a... Oh, no, that yeah. That was at least a character point later, if not a plot point. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciated that that actually led somewhere. But I still wanted him to stop anytime he was doing it. I know. Captain Ahab saying damn, um, I remember thinking was super scandalous when I was a child. <laughs> well, he said damned, isn't it like the damned well or something? That still has the word damn in it. Oh, well, I, I don't know if you know that about how words are. <laughs> okay. We didn't just say, oh, damn. Uh, yes. No. Yes. I mean, well he says child. it in flowy, poetic language, but like he says that word. Yeah. Continuing on, on uh, voice acting, too. Oh, yeah. Well, you, someone already mentioned him, but horror, Frank Welker, of, yeah. of all of 90s animation fame. <laughs> just all. Just all. And <laughs> am I wrong, or did he have an uncredited bit part as well? As he had at least one. At least yeah, two. Like at least one. Uh, as Long John Silver's parrot, I'm sure. Oh, 
I didn't actually see that, but almost yeah. certainly. I would be surprised if that's not the case. He also, uh, Moby Dick and the Draken, <laughs> just general animal yep. stuff. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Who had the voice of Long John Silver? Jim, Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings. Okay. Just immediately okay. killing it. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. just, like, he starts talking and I'm like, mm, yeah, it's a great pirate voice you're doing, Jim Cummings. I love it. Because <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, a pirate voice, but also his, like, kind of just bad guy voice like when he's robotnik and the sonic cartoon and stuff and, and the guards from he's playing bad guy a lot yeah yeah like his, his menacing undertone or whatever it's great <laughs> I, th- I think he does a great job um contributing to silver still being charismatic even if he's not as charismatic as some other interpretations since he's not in as much of the movie um but I like, yeah i liked his ending where he's like Okay, bye bye. Yeah, <laughs> and he just scoots onto the boat and yeah. rows away. Okay, I'll I'll leave you alone and get on this boat and go back to my ship while you're on this island alone. All right, bye. It's like I guess if you really insist. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, when that's he, great. When he was getting in the boat, the the parrot like flies into the boat and it goes away, disappears on, under the edge of the boat, and then he throws his crutch in the boat and you just hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't show anything. That. You just hear, you hear a little squawk as his, as his crutch hits hits the the boat. <laughs> that's amazing. I did not that's catch that. Stuff. Oh, that's great! Oh my gosh! Oh my god! I forgot what happened to the rest of the pirates that were on the island. Dead. I don't. I don't know. They're just yeah. they're just on the island. They don't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah. Is it too much, <clears throat> because it'll be after spoilers, what I think of the parents when the end happens? Yeah, that would still be in spoilers. Okay. All right, then I won't talk about it yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, a Gulliver's Travels reference. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. unfortunately. <laughs> Not never well. We're what? so tired of Gulliver's Travels here. I know, I know. But I was very happy that, uh, that he just came at him, and then he was, wait, what was it that he... He did. He fired at them, or what did he do to make? Yeah, they shot arrows at him. Oh, he just ran at them. You're you're lucky. I was made with a with a tough hide or whatever. Oh yes, yes. And then one arrow hits hits his peg leg and (laughs) enrages him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I was really glad though to see that. Then they all went away, and then I like how he just like cuts all the cords with one great you know swoop. Yeah, that was nice with his um, sword. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, good. it's just a it's a small Gulliver's Travels reference rather than them really doing anything with that. Yeah. And of course they're referencing the one part that literally anything that ever references Gulliver's Travels references. So. Yep. Do we have anything else with non-spoiler story characters voice acting? Um I feel like we pointed out almost all of the voice actors. Yeah, I made I made a point are, of that. Uh, <laughs> two two <laughs> notes. Uh, one, Richard was right to go to the tunnel because those kids were the worst. Yeah, those kids suck. Yeah, those kids played by uh, producer uh, Kirschman's kids. By the way, oh, that's that's oh fun. wow, not all they had of them, some good birds. Were you going the moon? Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two, yeah. I really actually liked Richard's bike, even though it was ridiculous no I love, I love the shield the mm-hmm. the front shield and the the backup yes. indicator for going anywhere <laughs> yeah it was great <laughs> yeah they definitely had a very visually impactful 
design, like kind of with the eyes and all of that. It was very cool. That that really was what I remembered most about this this movie because I, I watched it. I don't know if it was like I, I definitely didn't watch it in theaters. So I must have watched it on home video or something. It must have been VHS. And I don't think we owned it. So we must have rented it. Yeah. But I, I remember it from back then. And when I was describing it to some some friends in anticipation of recording this with you guys, I, I was just like, he's a kid and he's like getting bullied by people and he runs away on his bike and he like crashes it and uh, goes into a library. Like that was all I remembered. So that opening yeah. part right there. Uh, very impactful for me and very <laughs> clearly and i remembered it more than anything else yeah and it's it's pretty quick but it it did it does like that part's pretty indelibly stuck in my head too like even though that opening isn't long yeah, I, yeah you mentioned the beginning being quick and i wonder if like the the three sections uh horror adventure fantasy the the way that it's structured, kind of you have to get through a conflict between each of them. And it goes quickly. I don't know. I guess the one that felt the weakest to me was the adventure one because they had a couple of things in there with Captain Ahab and Long John Silver. And I I, I don't know. I guess it, it felt fast paced, but, but not as impactful because none of these character-wise stuck with me between the uh, main character Richard and the non-book like actual physical book so uh, horror adventure fantasy uh so like the relationship between Richard and Ahab didn't exist Richard and Longton Silver a little bit of something I don't know but it's kind of boring sometimes or just like yeah especially go- just all the pirate shenanigans and yeah. stuff is there yeah the yeah yeah, I guess that structure, you know, you're relying on the knowledge of the stories to, you're like, oh, okay, I'm here, I got it, I know what this book is about, so I can kind of guess where this would go or how these characters are, but it wasn't as interesting, or, like... I don't remember what they did in fantasy now. Fantasy... I mean, mostly the dragons. stuff. Fantasy, yeah, there, there was no actual, like, book underpinning most of fantasy... Most of the actual books yeah, were like true. references and fantasies. And then it was more uh, tropes and archetypes for fantasy, which you yeah. know, is somewhat appropriate. Yeah. Classic fantasy is highly tropey and archetypal. So I, I felt kind of the same way as, as you did about adventure, about horror. Like horror to me was kind of the weakest for me. It was it was I, it's it's the shortest, I think. Too. Yeah. Time wise, it was definitely the quickest. And while it gets its point across, yeah, I'm just I, like, yeah. I feel like I I feel like the stuff with Jekyll and Hyde has has kind of stuck with me, but then that kind of wraps up pretty quick, and then the rest after that is just kind of them running, and it's nothing like interesting. Like it, it doesn't. It starts off strong, I felt like, and then kind of fizzled into not really having. A point, I guess, besides introducing horror, but it's like it's too early in the movie to like have a a big character moment for him necessarily. So nothing's resolved there on any sort of thematic or uh, character level. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And then with fantasy, though, that's where you have the the song, and I guess they are kind of relying on that for some of the like some of the length of it. 
but it doesn't do much because I guess usually when you have besides get stuck in my head. <laughs> I think usually when you have songs, it's like a character based moment of like, uh, can you feel the love tonight or something like that, where they're you're developing something. And in this case, it's it's more of an animation. Like you look at how nice this is, and there are some some nice moments, but but there's no story. Uh, beat behind it yeah it's basically what it is is like all the songs in tarzan is a montage but the songs in tarzan are typically a montage that is covering some amount of critical story or character stuff which you know you can debate whether that's the best use of that time but like they at least seem to kind of have a purpose whereas the song here doesn't feel like it does anything then the montage of this doesn't feel like it does anything for the characters. It's just kind of like, here's the fantasy world. It's neat. Yeah, and it's a little yeah. bit of a respite yeah. before between the two big action sequences, yeah. I think, is another thing it serves. That's a good point. Yeah, and I don't think it lasts too long, so I think it's serving its that purpose of being a respite is, is fine, um, but I definitely agree that it's not like terribly impactful compared to a lot of music drops in animated movies, you know? Yeah, and well, and I think that was, to me, was almost the most boring part. I mean, it was a beautiful song, but the visuals weren't that weren't that engaging to me. I did like the little fairies. That was that was neat. And then, um, but then other than him grabbing them, taking his glasses, and then him chasing after his glasses, there were, again, there really wasn't anything, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ryan, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if, you mentioned that you watched a, a making of thing and that there was like one or two small things that were uh, cut from the movie. If they're not spoilers, I'm very curious what those are. Oh, yeah. Um, the the two that I noticed in that making of video uh, were they, they cut a a bit from the CG section where they were the, the transition from real life to, to animated with the paint paint drip. Yeah, sure. Uh they they cut a section in the the the, the uh, from from the paint the paint bit where the paint's dripping from the ceiling and it all falls on the ground and and they you know do big CGI blobs and stuff. Uh, at one point the the paint all coalesces into a dragon, a little paint dragon, uh, and that's part of the the tension. That's part of what's scaring Richard. You know, besides the fact that it's sentient paint chasing him around a library. They do they, they do that like because they do have that briefly in the movie like is it a bigger sequence is it a, is yeah was it a bigger sequence or something oh did they? they do briefly have the thing where it kind of twirls into the dragon and then like the dragon like swoops down back into the goop and the goop chases after well that'd be him. hilarious if i just missed that and that wasn't actually cut <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that may not have been uh and then i think they they cut a little bit of of the ahab scene there i think there's a little bit more interaction uh. between them in their boat and Ahab in his boat. I was wondering just because it felt so disconnected. The ceiling, th- yeah, the ceiling thing has is divided into like fourths besides the middle, and a fourth of it is Ahab, and Ahab is barely a thing. Yeah, like it's mostly kind of fun animation wise, but like it's yeah, it doesn't do much of anything besides split them up for a bit. Those are really the only two sequences that I, I noticed, and maybe one of them wasn't even cut. So, huh. Interesting. Do we want to go on to animation? Sure. Sure. 
let's go on to animation. Uh, two fun facts here at the top. Uh, the animation crew for this film included veterans of production such as An American Tale, The Land Before Time, and Aladdin. And this wasn't specifically listed, but I'm 99.9% sure. Also, Fern Gully. Uh, I will talk more about that later, <laughs> why I feel certain about that. Um, this was one of the first films to feature live action, traditional animation, and CGI animation altogether. So that's a little fun fact. CGI is not in there a whole lot, but it's there. Boy, do you notice it. Yeah, um, yeah, let's start talking about animation. That gloopy CG on the pictures is very meh. Yeah, no, it's not great. Yeah, it works a bit better when it's just drips or whatever, and I'm like, okay, sure, like, especially because he's running through, so I'm not paying that much attention to them, and the dragon thingy was kind of cool, but, like, especially the morphing of the ceiling looks atrocious. To be fair, I think even if they tried to do that particular effect today, it wouldn't look great. I think there's something something just eh, about taking a flat image, relatively flat, and having it morph and and goop. Like, I think if they did that today, they'd probably do some particle effect just because... Like computer animated stuff is, is is easier, or they have a better renderers for that kind of particle effect stuff. I don't know. Yeah, like turn into like sand or something, and I don't know. It it, it just seems like they're setting themselves up to fail. Even though I guess that's that's probably <laughs> they they obviously couldn't have done particle effects back then. Um, so sure, I guess yeah. it was the the best they had at the time. Yeah, and the yeah. paint makes and sense. I mean, it probably looked story-wise. fine then, but. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was. I think today you're right that maybe they would have just known better than to try to do it. Uh, So maybe it was just too kind of early to realize that it's like, oh, this is just hard and hard to make look good. But I did like whenever the uh, paint splashed up and then it transitions from like a real bookshelf to an animated bookshelf. I like that. But yeah, like was seeing the globs of paint was just it, underwhelming. I had a yeah. feeling you might you you might enjoy at least bits and pieces of this like Splatoon situation. <laughs> <laughs> Calling me out. How rude. Yeah. Ooh, uh, it's it's less it's less animation, but I guess there's not really a better section for it because it's partly in the live action section. Yeah, if it's live action uh, stuff, here's fine. <laughs> They they do this very interesting thing. You know, they have a couple of practical paint drops at the very beginning when it first stops dripping, mm-hmm. starts dripping rather. Uh, and if you look carefully at the ones on the floor, the the paint is not actually sitting on the floor. It's clearly floating a very small amount above the floor, which tells me that they put clear plastic like acrylic sheets down or something <sighs> my guess is they were filming on <laughs> location fine. and they were like we can't actually yeah. get paint on these floors so right. we'll put some thin sh- thin plastic sheets <laughs> down and uh film it like that oh uh, that's great i didn't notice that but that's oh, yeah. that's really good I, I also in the live action part i liked um the lightning flash and the like glass plastic part of his bike like the little window part mm-hmm. there was a lightning flash that like just I, I think it showed on that in a way that it wouldn't actually you know like i think it was animated on it but it, it looked good i like it I, lo- I liked it i love all those 90s uh lightning effects all both the ones that were uh, like yeah animated 80s also yeah and yeah. also 
the the lightning lighting like the when he's inside the library and uh, there's a lightning flash and they just like strobe a light for about two full seconds i'm like yeah that's what lightning looks like you're fine that's fine guys (laughs) yeah no definitely (laughs) to be fair lightning real lightning would probably look very bad on film oh yeah that's fair um I feel like animated Richard's expressions often reminded me specifically <laughs> I wrote Krista Ferngully instead of Krista from Ferngully. <laughs> um but yeah, specifically reminded me of Krista. Um, Last name Ferngully. Yes, yes Krista Ferngully, you know her. Um <laughs> just like the way that her the the lip would like pout and stuff like that and just the like the eyes and how the lips work together specifically reminded her me of her face animation. So I feel like whoever worked on Ferngully with her character in, spe- in specific worked on Richard's character in specific on this one. Yeah, I think I did kind of feel a disconnect of how Macaulay Culkin would have acted it versus how uh, the character was animated. Because uh, he's like a good actor, but it it was definitely... I'm would just... you say he was more animated? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was an interesting thing, but, but no, I did not connect it with Krista Ferngully. <laughs> It really, yeah. That when we watch Fern Gully, you gotta, gotta, you gotta be thinking about it and be like, oh, does this remind me of uh, Richard Pagemaster? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I would have to agree though, because I did feel a real disconnect from his his live action character. And his, he felt his it animated. felt like he was, didn't emote his face nearly as much in the live action, but like not like he wasn't acting well, such as so much as that felt like part of how the character was purposefully acted yeah, was that choice. he wasn't terribly emotive. So yeah, the fact that he was so emotive in the animation is definitely different. But I liked watching it too, so I'm not really complaining. Yeah, it's just a disconnect of form, you know. Like, uh, yeah, he he's not a bad actor even as a child. Certainly not now, but no, not he but he had he had very specific uh, choices as a child actor. Yeah. So the, the, this was filmed. The live action parts were filmed in uh, 1992, which was mm-hmm. roughly two years after Home Alone, and and I think. A little bit. I think he filmed this after he filmed Home Alone Two, so he's he's not new, but he 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 has some of the same facial tics. Like when he when he does surprised face, his yeah, <laughs> not not and counting his, of and course, his just yelling and running. Yeah. yeah, not not counting of course, uh, 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 aftershave surprised face, but uh, just his normal surprised face. It, it, it the way he he moves his eyes and like his mouth. Is a very specific thing that I noticed that he he does in a various other things. So yeah, I, I think it was just a, yeah. a disconnect of of forms where he he acts a very specific way, and you can't really do that with animation because if you do animation that's that subtle, it it just feels yeah, it doesn't yeah. read. So yeah, or it feels more like 
rotoscopy or something if you're trying to be really subtle with Ooh, it. Speaking of rotoscoping. Even if it's not. But yes, the there is some rotoscoping. Yeah. I put the rotoscoped um, electric dancing fairies. I really, I thought they looked really nice. Yeah, like they did. Their ballet movements. Yeah. Like you couldn't see their feet, but you could tell how the legs were moving. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. That they're how like, they implied their form. Uh, on, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, that was definitely the best part of that musical montage was the little fairies dancing. Um, how, where, um, when was this made in relation to Aladdin? After it. People who worked on Aladdin worked on this. Well, so then to me, I don't think there's a big excuse for them not to be able to get more of, uh, Macaulay's actual character and, and, and mannerisms in the animation, because look what, what they did with Jeannie and Robin Williams, you know, character. and Well, for one, we don't know that specifically the animators who worked on Genie are on this. It's not actually a Disney production. And also, I would say um, that Robin's performance lends itself to animation. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's whereas, a big movement Whereas actor. Macaulay Culkin's whole kind of shtick at this point in the 90s doesn't necessarily. And also, again, it feels to me like you're saying that his animation was poor, or at least the characterization of it. And I don't agree. I think he looked great. So, No, I'm not saying he looked bad. I just didn't, again, there was just a little bit of a, I mean, a disconnect between, like I said, his live action and how he acted and mannerisms and, and even how he held himself and facial and all of that. And then the animated, you know, is all I'm saying. I can agree. The, the one thing that, I, yeah, the one thing that I will say too is, for some reason, for me, the um, page master, um, I didn't like his animation and, until it got up close because it would, it looked, it would look different. It was, I don't know how to describe it. Like sometimes it wouldn't look like him and, and then it would be elongated too much. And it wasn't until, like I said, they finally zoomed in. I just didn't see a lot of consistency. With I think that. he has a lot of details. Yeah. So when the camera's farther away, like how do you translate those details into the smaller figure? I, I can see what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of Page Master, I liked his design where his like beard was curled up paper. Yeah. And whenever they showed the back of him, he had a spine, the spine of a book design yeah. on the back. Yeah. yeah. And the front of his robes looks like the pages in a book with the book binding on each side. Yeah. yeah. Like his design was very cool. His hat and robe. Yeah. It was just very complicated. Paper. Yeah. 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 Excuse me. Um, stuff. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, the old has an eye patch, but his eye under it is actually fine gag. Yeah. With a uh, creaking hinge <laughs> noise every, every time. time. Every time. Uh, and then a bit later, the old how the faces look through a flask gag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Kind of a fun twist yeah, on that the, one. Horror, yeah, with horror the looking, uh, horror looking. Like a handsome man. Gorgeous. Handsome. <laughs> yes, yes. And the voice of like, hmm. Yeah. Uh yeah, it was it was very fun to see their interpretation of of like what a a moving book would be like of like it could yeah. be very flat uh and how they open and close. Yeah, that I really fun. like I really like the designs of those three characters. They're very they're very fun. Their their faces are very emotive. All, for all three of them. And then, yeah, like you said, just the way that they translate what a character who is physically a book, how that is yeah, for them. At, yeah. At one point, I don't remember where, so I can't tell you where, so it might not be in spoilers. So who knows? But uh, 
at one point horror like hides between his covers like he pulls his covers forward uh, yeah and and hides his face between his his covers yeah yeah <laughs> it's great Aww. yeah that those that sort of um little animation thing is really it's good yeah they had fun and it was very interesting one of my favorite things going along with what you were saying um pointing out also valerie was when uh after um the uh the well after ahab uh-huh. um and and uh he gets adventure he, he pulls him up you know he he comes out of the water and he grabs adventure um and starts hugging him and like he opens his spine and he like wraps like the inside of the book around himself and he's squeezing that and then like and then i think he's trying to like squeeze out water and then he keeps yeah. squeezing him and then finally adventures had enough of it i mean all of that animation was just some of my favorite i loved it for sure yeah that was nice i thought I thought the um, Jekyll Hyde transformation was was good, not just like both in terms of the character and in terms of the transition, like with the lighting and like the staging of the room, how they how they kind of made it a lot less. um, It it looked kind of just kind of normal at first. And then once he turns into Hyde, it's like really elongated with like weird angles and stuff. And I I feel like that whole transition was really well done. Color flood, like different colors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The the sharp green that just overtook the scene and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do that a lot. Uh, And I I think it's effective. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I think that there's definitely issues with this movie but i think there's definitely a clear level of craft in the animation that is that is hard to deny it's not like it's necessarily always perfect animation either but they the direction of some of the animation is is definitely striking sometimes yeah and i think they have they pay um, good attention to details like one thing i liked is when they were walking in the sand on the island, you would see uh, a, a footprint with the peg leg print. Yeah. When Horror had his two, you know, feet prints. And I don't know. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. Oh, an- another thing I don't know that I kept noticing and just would, would tickle me is... Uh, is fantasies um, little feet that you'd see through her clear slippers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I just, I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of the different styles of teeth on parade among the the pirate crew, I didn't even those long, it's fascinating. Those long they have teeth. some crazy teeth. Yes, the crazy needle teeth. Oh uh, yeah, they have some weird gnarly teeth with those guys. It's, it's like they. <laughs> I don't know. If it's I know. like they went through like all of the depictions of pirates throughout animation history, and they're like, let's do one of everything, <laughs> right? It's like why not? I will say there was a buff pirate there. Like an old guy, but he was like super buff. Yeah, hanging, yeah, yeah. Off, hanging off the nets when they spotted land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this part's actually in spoilers, but it, what I'm talking about has nothing to do with spoilers. But there's a part where Horror says "Happy Birthday" and his mouth doesn't move at all. Yeah, yeah. And I, saw that. <laughs> I feel, I feel like it's indicative of the amount of times that they went back to a scene and had voiceover added to it because I think they did that a lot. Almost every time where they were very small and not facing the camera and walking through an area, I think they added dialogue yeah. that might not have originally been there. I didn't even notice. Mm. But, uh, yeah. If, yeah. If, but like that one was like 
they weren't they were fa- he was facing the camera you could see his mouth and it did not move yep. yeah that sounds obnoxious of just like a kids don't like silence you gotta get the jokes in there. it really felt like that sometimes yeah uh the dragon looks really dope yeah, yes yep. yes yeah that's a rad and as heck that- dragon design transparent wings yeah yes well and the transformation the transformation mm-hmm. from them climbing on it and all of that and then yeah once the head starts coming up and then just yeah and then all of it the different parts being revealed it was it was neat it was amazing. here's a question when did adventure lose his sword i think i i wrote that at first too and then i realized what it was, and I either missed it or it just wasn't translated well enough. The fairies had it. I think so. Same oh, as they right. took yeah, it, yeah, yeah, the yeah, glasses. Yeah. I did, I did uh, see yeah. them okay. taking a second thing. Yeah. I wrote that down too, though, because he's like, oh, my sword. And I was like, wait, when did he lose it? But yeah, I think it's literally just that the fairies yeah, had it. I was focused on and the And I glasses. think part of that is just, right. Like, I, I don't think it was communicated super well, but that then I realized that's what that had to I watched been. it twice and didn't catch that, so... <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Another fun animation is when um, Adventure is trying to stand up to the dragon, and then he gets you know breathed on with fire, and then he comes in just all burnt and you know and falls over. That was that was really cute. But again, very, very like, like classic cartoony. Yes. yes, yes. Because then again, you see him later, and he's fine. He, right. No, no, no residual or laughing. that's actually where the happy birthday thing yeah. happens too. Mm. Oh, because that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anything else with animation before the end of animation question? What would this movie have been like if it were live action? And this is a very relevant thing to ask because, as I will talk about when we get to How's It Hold Up, uh, versions of this script were live action. Ooh. Um, yeah, so what would this have been like in live action? I think it's fairly safe to say that there wouldn't be a a transition scene wherein it turns into animation and i don't i don't know if it would work the same where you have like the books as actual characters or if it would be like humans that represent those ideas or what at at the time if it was of the time they certainly would have had to have just been characters people playing yeah playing the characters i think one of the treatments was also like maybe potentially a disney channel original movie so like even thinking along that budget line definitely they would need to be humans and funky costumes sure but like yeah i think some of it kind of reminded me of don't look under the bed oh Uh, yeah whenever they go under the bed and just kind of that that's fair and how that world's all cartoony but spooky yeah yeah I, i think it could have been a fun uh D, I'm gonna say DCOM. I don't know if anybody says that. Disney Channel original movie. Um, uh, I think people say that. <laughs> that's cute. But yeah, if there are people, yeah, like you mentioned, I don't think the books could have been a live action part. But if they were people, that could have been fun. If they were people, I'm not sure you would have gotten the cast that you got. Yeah. Oh, no, probably not. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, th- I think you could. I think you could have fun with it, and I think if you had enough of a budget to, like, kind of go wild with the sets, like the set for um, Don't Look Under the Bed that's in the Boogeyman world or whatever, like, if you could kind of really have fun with it and have, like, neat transitions between the parts, um, I think that'd be interesting. I don't know what you'd do necessarily with scenes in the water um but like yeah i don't know it it could certainly be interesting i think you'd have to restructure some of it to work within the limitations of 
what live action and your budget could do, but what be... would you do with the dragon? Because yeah, lose, the dragon would have to be really neat dragon. They'd probably have to go with a different threat. Maybe even just a guy. I don't know. Uh, maybe you could have like just one overarching antagonist character, but I don't know what the motivation for a character like that would be. Yeah, I'm not sure. Though one thing that uh, I did make a note of that would kind of come up here is a lot of the landscape elements were book based. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the towers of books, like mm-hmm. yeah. So you you might lose that because that's a lot. I of hope detail not. That, they that would be in. really cool. I would hope that they do go for it. Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool to see that done practically. Yeah, you could do it, but I, I uh, yeah, I, just, I don't know if. Depending yeah, on the budget. I don't know. Yeah, it could be that. That could be neat, though. Yeah, I don't know. I it would definitely, especially if it was a decom. Um, like you know, it would be a lot lower budget feeling than yeah. this does. This doesn't necessarily feel like it's quite on a Disney movie par level, but like it's, yeah. I mean, it's on par with the competitors to Disney in the nineties. You know, like yeah. it's it's got a budget behind it clearly. Yeah. Um, so it would feel. It would feel more like a kid's movie even than it does, I think, in in that sense of just kind of the inherent hamminess to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Don't Look Under the Bed, which is good for for that, but it it would be a different audience, I guess. Yeah. Especially nostalgia-wise, I don't know. Let's go on to sound design. Uh, my first note out of all of my notes was just that James Horner once again killing mm-hmm. it. <laughs> um, yeah, he does a great job. Just throughout the movie, um, this of course some of the beginning stuff is great. I'm going to go through his whole <laughs> list of work again. If you want to hear that list, go, go listen to Once Upon a Forest. <laughs> yes, but he, he's done a ton of stuff, and he's good at what he does, and he sounds great in mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to bring up the emotion for these like genres, and he definitely does a good job, like adventure and stuff like that. Of just like this is what that genre would sound like. Yeah, definitely. I liked uh, the dramatic music he did for the safety bike reveal too, as the like, yes. um, yeah, as, yeah, as the, yeah, garage the garage door was going yeah. up, and <laughs> yeah, very, very nice. Uh, I thought some of the sound effects, especially in the live action segment at the beginning, were a little goofy. Um, like the bike panel shutting down, like it's a robot or something, <laughs> oh, yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> and the lion statues roaring, which I I assume is supposed to be in his head, but. I know, right? Exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Some of those effects felt a little overly car. Those sound effects found, uh, felt a little overly cartoony in the segment that isn't supposed to be. A I'll cartoon. tell you why I didn't mind the bike noise is because after he crashed, the 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 pitch of of the bike tone went down. Like, sure. like so, it was you know standard like truck backing up high pitched beep, and then after he crashes, it's like beep. It's lower, and then eventually, yeah, it just dies. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't mind yeah. it. Didn't. It didn't bother me. I didn't hate it. I just thought I felt like it was a little goofy. Uh, I, I I don't hate it. In fact, it actually does hit a bit of a nostalgia button for me. And but, the lion roar. Yeah, yeah. That, that there's something about that that feels very very nineties. Uh, like live action kids movies from the 90s where like you show yeah. a thing and then you make a sound effect that that thing might make if it were real, but it's not real. That's such right. a, that feels yeah. like a very specific thing to the 90s. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah, any, you guys have any other notes on the sound? Yeah, the, um, when 
fantasy, I think, as well as adventure were kind of introduced. Their their feet had the little foley work that mm-hmm. like went with the glass slippers or the peg leg. Uh, that was I thought that was uh, again good attention to detail there. Yeah, I like the sound of her wand. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. When she uses it as like a blowtorch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just sound stuff. I was just kind of apropos of nothing. Uh, the, uh, the different ways that they were saying horror and like trying to enunciate it. Like when he yells, he says, I think he says a horror. <laughs> uh,. And they, it's like they do say it in different ways, don't they? Yeah, I mean, you try not to get it to you're not you're trying not to shorten that for a syllable, so you're saying it like emphasizing it different ways. It was funny. What did we think of the two songs? There's one song in the movie, and then that song is in the credits, and another song is in the credits. They're just whatever you imagine and dream away. They're generic. <laughs> They fit very perfectly into my uh, 90s pop ballads yeah. playlist. Yeah. <laughs> Who sang them? Um, Dream Away is Babyface and Lisa Stansfield. That's the one from the beginning of the credits. Yes. And Whatever You Imagine is Cynthia Weil. It's W-E-I-L. I just kind of heard of Babyface before. Yeah, I think they're I think they're totally fine 90s pop ballad sort of songs. What was with the 90s and that at that style of music? It was just big in the 90s. I mean, now it's uh spooky covers of pop songs. Yeah. God. <laughs> slow, slow, slow haunting <laughs> covers of pop songs. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just realizing that it was like in a lot of live action ones in the 90s too like they had um uh Armageddon has has a has a song that's like that well, that's because i th- i think that's uh, because they had Liv tyler so they they had to have steven tyler do uh, a song that's yeah that's fair also con air has one um i forget what the name of that song is i don't know um yeah anything else with sound design though don't think so let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after how's it hold up um i have a, a big uh fun fact here the screenwriting credits for this film were the subject of a protracted legal arbitration with the Writers Guild of America, WGA, uh, when the film's producer, David Kirshner, attempted to claim sole authorship of the screenplay and original story with no credit for the original screenwriter, David Kasky. The producers of the film attempted to claim that, as the film was now largely animated, the WGA did not have jurisdiction to determine credits. But since, Ka- but since Kasky had written the screenplay under a WGA, UGA contract, as well as previous live-action versions for Disney television dating back to 1985, the WGA involved themselves. (laughs) Ultimately, a settlement was reached, and Fox released the film with both Kirshner and Kasky receiving story and screenplay screenplay credit, uh, with a third writer, Ernie Contreras, also receiving screenplay credit. So yeah, there was a big to-do in the background of of this movie over the writing credits, which is... there are better movies to like <laughs> to like have that battle over, but whatever. Having um, seen that little behind the scenes thing, uh, yeah, hearing that does not surprise me about Kirshner. Like he's not like clearly just a terrible person in in the behind the scenes thing, but there's something about him in the behind the scenes thing where he's just he's very arrogant. And you're, and yeah. you saying that I'm like, yeah, I can see how he would try and just take credit for that story. <laughs> yeah. 
He's <laughs> I've just watched one twenty minute film about this guy and he definitely seems like that. That's how he comes off. First impressions. I mean wow. Yeah, that's fair. If he comes off that way, he comes off that way, and then he did do that thing. So Yeah, that's yeah, it's so crappy how animation has much less protections than live action and so Truly. trying to abuse that it's just, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as normal stuff for this section, um, you know, brief nod to the brief transmisogynist joke where Adventure gets put in a dress with makeup or whatever and gets grumpy about it. Yep. It's like barely anything, but it's there. Yeah. yeah. It's like, thanks, guys. That I'm... was necessary. That was the super necessary thing to to keep in there yeah and yeah. it could have been anything else like put it in like an animal onesie like yeah, put him in like a peter pan no, outfit like, like or, i don't yeah. know it was so close so it, it reached to me as like a fairy tale princess outfit uh, yeah, and like yeah. they could so easily have done like a very classical like fairy tale prince outfit which right? shares a lot of the mm-hmm. same characteristics like curly golden yeah. hair like it's it's not a tutu but it's like that it's like that white kind of rough thing that like goes straight out from yeah. their waist you know what i'm talking about yeah and it's and it's too it's too like frilly frou-frou for him yeah. because he's an man of adventure and that would the joke would that joke would still work instead of being tinged with like it's a guy dressed up as a girl yeah. haha yeah if you change the sword to like a rapier and it's like this isn't my kind of weapon like, yeah 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 you're right there's Two, two seconds and you can just make that not yeah. gross. Um, that was the only thing that I actually wrote down, though. I don't know if there was other stuff there that were. has slipped my there mind. There was, and you mentioned well, one Let's earlier. go for it. It was the, it was the, the shoehorned uh, romance. Well, that's for spoiler alert, though. We'll talk about it, though. Okay, well, then I have two but more. And- I'm glad that you had this note so that people who skip the spoiler alert section know that that discussion's in there. Okay, well, I have, an, I have another one for then as well. Oh, another spoiler alert one? Yeah. Okay, cool. Anything else for not spoiler alert in this section? I would just say the uh, the pirates. I mean, like, there's only other kind of generic characters, and so, of course, or not of course, but there were some people of color, and I guess it's good that what you could think of, what might be. Um, but I guess the whole crew wasn't... Just like not white people, right? That's yeah, I, I, fine. I was kind of afraid. That, of that occurred to me. I was like, "Is that an issue?" And I'm like, "I mean, they gave black people some some black roles. You know, that's that's good. They could have given those Jamaican right. characters to to white guys, and that wouldn't have been that out of place at the time. No, a lot of people would have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's partially a consequence of not really having like human um, characters in in the animated stuff um but i mean you do have at least one of your main characters is Whoopi goldberg so yeah. yeah that's true and the the animation director uh i saw i found out in the the behind the scenes thing the animation director oh, yeah. was a black man which was cool i was like oh sweet yeah so okay. yeah i don't know i can't think of anything either well then let's go on to our spoiler alert skip to one hour Ryan, did you want to talk about the romance between adventure and fantasy that comes out of literal nowhere? I mean, not (laughs) totally nowhere, but it is unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, I get that they have like their bickering thing when they first meet, which is supposed to signal that they're gonna get together which is a weird way to signal that, but it is does have precedent. They could have built it more. They could have used the scene where 
they kiss as a as a, a a chance to build it more as instead of like building it to like a, a climax in the kiss to to just be yeah. like have them you know flirt a little more have it you know build instead of just just suddenly being yeah, there be a, be a kiss then have him say something like blatantly kid friendly sexual and then right. and then have her slap him <laughs> so and that's that's the end of their whole thing, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It was all in that one moment. Exactly. Just like, okay, they kiss. And then it just goes past what you would expect. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Well, and almost kind of like a weird trope. Like you're going off to your, you know, your possible death. Or you're going off right. to war. And you need a woman, you know, some, you know, some kind of reward for putting yourself in jeopardy and again to me that that's just objectifying that's yeah yeah it's it's just super eye-rolling like it doesn't it doesn't add anything Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like oh i guess we're doing this right now okay yeah yep and then you do get like one more vague glimpse of it at the very end of the movie uh yes when he asks for like another kiss to make it a happy ending and the right and they make and they have horror kiss him instead yep and you know kissing a man well that's that's just comedy gold it's like no i'm what i meant her not you yeah yeah yeah. I mean, honestly, I ship those two more than I ship <laughs> adventure and fantasy. Truly, yeah. But... <laughs> some real... Yeah, they have an emotional arc yeah, together. <laughs> building moments between them. Yeah, yeah. What a shame. Um, also, since you mentioned that end part, the the book shadows like just keep making the same movements over and over as the camera pulls out, <laughs> even though they're still talking. And it feels weird to me, especially because like she says something about, "Oh, what's wrong, big fella? Come here!" But he does. He doesn't. He doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Like they animate it first when they first pop up, but then as the camera starts pulling out, it's just the same animation over and over. Mm-hmm. It's weird to me. Hmm. Uh, I will say that at least their character design is strong enough where you can tell, yes. you know, what's what in a silhouette form. Yes, definitely. Uh, I like Richard angrily yelling at the page master. Yeah. That was, a, that was a fun Richard moment. And also, again, he looked so much like Krista. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was great. All the books being deferential and <laughs> just being like, yes. Yeah. And he's just like, what, this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I hate this guy. <laughs> He doesn't mean yeah. it. Yeah. 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 He, d- he does. Um, he definitely means it. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be mad at this guy? Um, and then I was like, thanks for like literally just having the librarian's face cover up the page master on the ceiling <laughs> as if I didn't already realize they were played by the same person and like were probably supposed to be connected in some way. Thanks for that like just bludgeon of that idea right no there. Kids watching this. I get it. <laughs> Um, oh, Jan, you were going to say that how you think his parents... Oh, is, Talk more is, about how they're trash. Is, well, <laughs> is then find your child in a treehouse that's not built yet, that really just kind of has an opening that they could really probably roll out of this kid that's deathly <laughs> afraid of getting hurt and injured, and then possibly take his glasses. That wasn't clear. Yeah, the wasn't mom, sure. the yeah. mom took the, the glasses mom, away. I have a note for that, too. It looks 
Is mom kept his glasses? Did she put them down? Or yeah. he's going to wake up and not be able to see and he's going to fall out of the treehouse yeah, and he's like, going to go right back to how he used to be. Yes. This is like, what the heck? And, and again, and turn off all the lights. I mean, just such a good idea. You leave your child in a treehouse that's not complete yet. Turn off all the lights that would, you know, You know what? If he also, up. after there was a huge tropical storm. Exactly. What if exactly. it rains again tonight? Exactly. With thunder and lightning. Man, these parents... Parents are just the literal worst. <laughs> like, yeah, just let's, let's just leave them in a tree. I know? think, yeah, I mean, I think they're just kind of like Ryan said at the beginning. They're just very typical 90s parents in a kid's live action movie. Like, mm-hmm. they ultimately don't matter very much. They're kind of just caricatures of parents. Yeah. They're like so yeah. relieved for him to be finally doing something vaguely normal, like being in a, a treehouse. And they're like, anything is fine now. <laughs> it just it's yeah. just it makes me think of um what's the movie babe that you love uh meet the robinsons oh yeah where where there the, he keeps uh interview like meeting parents or whatever that guy just like wants him to play football and stuff and it's like dude this kid is clearly a nerd you gotta like <laughs> be on his level if you want to like be his parent what are you doing yeah <sighs> Yeah. But no, especially in the '90s, that's not how you're supposed to be. This, this, yeah, the, like the dad in this movie is very typical of the time. Yeah, they, they both feel that way. Annoying, like you know, it was yeah. a, it truly was a different time. Like my 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 brothers and I were were latchkey kids. We went we walked home from school, you know, not yeah. that far, but you know, some distance, and were home alone yeah, for hours. I did when I was in elementary, even in junior high when we were in Wyoming. Mm. That that place in particular was very close to our house, but the one in Washington, it felt like a bit farther. I was also a kid, so it might have just felt farther. Who knows? Yeah, but I would also like walk with you a lot of the ways, and I'd stand on the corner and I'd stand. I'm there. sure you were on the corner, but I remember walking by myself yeah. a lot, Mom. I was a big kid. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I had to break into my own home because I forgot my keys. Me too. Oh no! So I'd really? have to like find a window that was open. So oh I could no! Get when we, when we had a time at my house when we lost the the extra key that we kept. Under a rock, of course. Uh, of and course. Uh, yeah, I literally had to climb climb up uh, on top to on top of like a one story part of my house and and, and through a window <laughs> to get into my home. Oh no! Yeah, That's I great. had to go through a window, but uh, mine wasn't two stories, so it was just right there. Well, at least at elementary school, mom was always at home because at that point you were a, a stay at home mom, so yeah. I didn't have to worry about that then. And I don't think that that happened. And <laughs> so. I'm sorry that you guys had to go through that. I know. I don't know. It's that big deal. It's just like, ah, oh, Yeah, it's, it. just, it's more a fun, funny you story. You just walk around the home and just like test windows yeah. out. And like, oh, yes, one's open. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else with spoilers? Um, I guess I did. We mentioned it briefly earlier, but I, I guess I wanted to question why Atlas Shrugged was in the fantasy section. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what Valerie said when it happened. She was like... Why is that here? <laughs> is that a joke about it? what happens in it being a fantasy? I don't, I don't know. It's just a, a big commentary. They just wanted him to brand, be like was it just, Atlas. Yeah, and, was it just the fact that he like had a thing in his hands above his head and it made him look like Atlas I think holding it was that. It was, I feel like it was just that. It's literally just the visual gag, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Even though it makes no sense for that book to be there. I guess, similarly, the fantasy and yeah. the shrug was misshelved. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess oh, so. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're like, this has to do with Greek gotcha, stuff, gotcha. right? So just... <laughs> <laughs> That's what a bad librarian! <laughs> the page master is a terrible librarian. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's someone else who works there and Nobody else was it. in that building. The lights were off. <laughs> he's like, oh my bad. I didn't realize this is really in. funny. Like to realize that, like he's like the librarian. He's the page master. He's supposed to be master of all this, but he's bad at filing well, the books. He does have a <laughs> lot of books to look after. So that's His fair. Is, that place was huge. Was huge. His name was Mister Dewey. Yeah. He made the <laughs> he made the system, <laughs> and yet. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, no more spoilers anymore. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? Uh, easy for me, it was the stupid transmisogynist joke that just could literally have been cut out and it wouldn't have changed anything in the movie. Yep. I agree. Okay, I was going to say this. It's CG fine if stuff. you say something else. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're not... You're. <laughs> Babe, you have a trans wife, so like you can't even be problematic That's on this. That's how that works. <laughs> That's how that works. Uh, I was gonna say the CG stuff, but no, that's fine. You can say yours makes sense. You can say yours would be next after that. Yes. All right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What was your favorite scene in the movie? I think mine is hugging um, adventure after after the Ahab scene, and and just um, yeah, on on the on the door there, and just that whole interchange was so precious because it was also one of the most emotional of his little character, you know, because again, even though he wasn't as stoic as his live, as his live version, that was the most amount of affection. And mm. I don't know. It was so cute. I think mine, I think, oh, no, yeah, you go. I am going to go. <laughs> I think mine was, uh, the whole treasure Island scene, uh, mm. from when they land on, on there to, the end of the Lilliputian scene, like all of that was, was good. It was well paced. Uh, it, it did what it needed to. It reintroduced fantasy and horror back into the story after they had gone missing and, uh, built the character, built some, some, you know, some character drama between horror and adventure and made them, you know, closer. And I don't know. I, I think it did all the things it wanted to do really well. And I, and I thought it was well, well made overall. I find that really interesting because I'm pretty sure that these two on either side of me said that that part was literally their least favorite in terms of pacing. Like, I think you guys both called out the adventure section for feeling. I agree like, before Treasure Island. Yeah, the Ahab stuff was part of it because it was trying to do two things. Yeah. Unless they're calling that like a horror adventure or something. Yeah, it's like it's like the in-between. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like you have three books, but you have four-ish beats. It feels like the yeah. Ahab stuff wasn't needed. Uh, and, and clearly they thought so, too, if they had some footage from it that they cut. Yeah. But it's still there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say my favorite. Yeah, uh, emotionally, there wasn't a lot of stuff. So it was kind of hard to go, come from that angle. But mine is between the uh, rotoscoped fairies. That was very lovely. But also, I mentioned earlier, uh, 
Long John Silver and his like, oh, like backing out after he's like, yeah, I'll go. I'll just take this boat, like hop on here. Oh, by the way, I really like how they animated him when he, you know, tossed his cane and like, yes, yeah, his movements like felt really good. And then he just like starts singing away as he rows off. And that just felt very Long John Silver. It did. yeah. 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 I I think my favorite part is in spoilers, and it's vaguely when Richard gets mad at another character and tells that character off, while some of the other characters are like, whoa, man, come on, don't be like this. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed that part. Um, I don't know, there's a lot of parts. I also really en- I enjoy the horror section up until um, Hyde is gone. Like, I enjoy the intro into that, the build-up, the, the change, and then the part where it seems like horror is in trouble because he's being pulled into the pit by Hyde. But then once Hyde's kind of out of it, it loses a lot of the tension. Yeah. It's like, I don't know why you guys are still feeling so scared and running because he fell into a pit. I don't know. If they had had Hyde come back, then it maybe could have kept the tension of the Damn, scene. Damn, scary ghosts. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I enjoyed a little bit of the animation on the ghost, but... Pfft. Um, who was your least favorite character in the movie? The dad. The dad sucks. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yes. mom, the mom is kind of similarly blah, but she's even less of a character. So the dad. Yeah. Ed Begley Jr. I mean, I don't no hate case. him, but he's just, it's like, dude, relate to your kid like he, get on his level. It's not that hard. Parenting isn't Danica, that hard. Some, it's super easy. Some dads can't. <laughs> some dads should maybe not be dads. Well, some dads just that's like, another don't have movie. any more support to give. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah I, and I, I totally agree with that. You have anyone different, babe? No, my note says Ed Begley Jr. sucks as a dad, so <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, Ryan, did you have anyone yes. different? Yes. I cho- I choose I choose the kids at the beginning. Uh, that's my second <laughs> choice because I don't like bullies. It's just that's such a good bird. Some of them were bad, but they're like, "Where are you going?" The moon favorite. I'm sorry. I need to focus just for a second on moms. I don't like bullies um, because I just want to admit, imagine for a moment a hypothetical person who's like, "I really love bullies." Valerie, bullies are Valerie just kind of said that. I literally just said that. <laughs> And a hypothetical person is my wife. <laughs> she likes sassy people with good comebacks. I like good burns. Those, yeah, they were some good burns. I, yeah, talked about having television on it and stuff. Oh, yeah. They're like, what do you have, cable? And I'm like, you it's would like, love it if he yeah, had cable. He would become the coolest kid here if he had that. Um, who was your favorite character in the movie? So I think one of the problems is there's like lack of character journeys. It's not a super... It's not super deep. Yeah. 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 Um, I. The characters are fun, but they're not deep. Yeah. The yeah. probably the best character journey for me is the the pairing of adventure and horror. Yeah. But uh, I think I I choose fantasy as a favorite character over either of them individually. Yeah. Yeah. I think I pretty I agree pretty strongly. Uh, like maybe horror, but like I love Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, she's great, especially during this time. Yeah, and, you know her lines were really funny. Uh, so 
Yeah, I'll just go. But with consider fantasy. she's also part of a terrible scene. Sure, but that was the animator's choice to do that. Not the director, like, probably the, pr- the, the producer. There you I blame Kirsch. A lot of bad choices being made. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think Whoopi Goldberg's like, yeah. No, that's fair. Do this. I like adventure a lot, but I also like horror. Horror is so cute and sad, but I like I don't like parts of what um adventure did, but again, that's the director, not his, you know, Patrick Stewart or anything that he's doing. I think I'm going to go with horror though. Uh, I think I'm going to go with horror also. Um, there's certainly a few little bits of his comedy shtick that are, are just kind of whatever to me. But I think overall, I enjoyed him the most close. I mean, I I do enjoy all three of the books. Yeah. Um, they're they're quite fun. Whoopi has a lot of funny lines. I feel I feel like a fantasy petered out a little towards the end for me in terms of funny lines and then just being part of that scene i don't like true Um, adventures also part of that scene (laughs) um but otherwise he's pretty fun throughout the movie but i I think horror is he's just kind of a little sweetie guy and i also enjoy him on an animation level a lot too because of his lanky arms and just his his gnarly face he's just like a fun looking guy a lot a lot of detail on this this ugly cute guy so creepy cute yeah creepy cute yeah so I think I'll go with him. I like how none of us even entertain the idea of having it be Richard. Yeah, I know. I just yeah, just. I mean, I he's think fine. Part of it is the the disconnect between Richard live action, Richard Page Master. I think it's also Richard that it's just a pretty. <laughs> I think it's also just a really like weak stereotypical character journey to go yeah. on too. It's like, oh, he's. He's this thing his dad doesn't want him to be, which makes him weak. And so he needs to learn to be strong. And it's kind of, I've seen it in a lot of movies and it's better in a lot of those movies. Yeah, like incorporating his knowledge with some of what his dad wants. Or just being like, I can be, I don't have to be what you want to be, not scared. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and unbelievable transformations in that short of a period. Because I think the one thing that bothered me the most is uh, him doing the bike jump coming home. He would not have gone from being afraid of everything under That's the so sun. So pointless. That would have been just... a great moment if he had gone up to the bike jump and been like, "No, what? No, no, that is yeah. look at that thing. <laughs> that, that board oh, is that barely would have given sitting this on movie that. so much more personality." Yeah. But no, that's not what... Honestly, I kind of... Not to get too detailed about what's happening towards the end, but I mentioned that my favorite part is where he's getting mad at a certain character. Uh And I feel like it would have been a little more interesting if he was steadily getting more and more just fed up with this stuff he had to deal with. And that was part of how he overcame the final obstacles or whatever, instead of just like stereotypical bravery and... I mean, I guess it's supposed to be a little bit of, like, his smarts with, you know, where he's stuck in the place and he uses the thing to get out of the place. <laughs> like, you know what I've been... Like, you could, you could feasibly say that that's kind of, like, his intelligence or something, but it's also kind of just, like, him doing the thing that the guy told him to yeah, do. Yeah, trusting the book. <laughs> you know, yeah. It would have been a much better ending than the, the weird yeah. climbing up in the 
treehouse and you know them watching him yeah. sleep and all that like if if instead like like we said he had got seen the the other kids uh bike jump and been like uh yeah no no and he goes <laughs> home and he finds his parents and they're not like out looking for him and he's like dad come on we need to build a better bike jump and maybe they wouldn't actually show that but they just he'd, he'd say no to the one that the other kids were on and then they'd cut to him and his dad building it and him like measuring stuff and like testing screws you know still concerned for safety but willing to do a bike yeah. jump and work with his dad you know i think that could have been much yeah, more fun that could have been very cute yeah yeah because what part of the journey is is that he's unafraid helping his friends but yeah like the bike jump is just i think you could even with what ryan's saying they do the bike jump thing and then if you still kind of want to end the movie with like the shadows of the books to be like oh look they're still like themselves even though they're they're back in the live action world uh you could also still have it end with him in the treehouse and and maybe he's doing something maybe he's napping whatever uh, but like the tree house is more built up and looks like it's more purposefully safe too yeah and so it's like he's he's like trying to go past what he did but he still is the person he is i don't know like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um what character would tim curry have played if he were in this movie and mom the dad <laughs> okay well, okay actually yeah that would have been then totally I fine have the no, that's totally i fun. wouldn't have disliked the dead i was gonna I... tell you don't you dare say uh, long john silver oh <laughs> <laughs> actually, jim cummings did a great job he did a very good job but no the dad they would have yeah, been fine yeah, but, but, but i was just saying i think he could have been a good page master too yeah christopher lloyd did great yeah. but no i mean yeah tim curry would be very fun there yeah. the reason i don't buy the dad is because tim curry being like i've tried to support him but he won't do sport that's true that's true that is that is pretty hard that to buy true. from tim curry you're right yeah. uh but maybe i don't think horror would work no i mean he could be adventure but patrick stewart did a great job did a good job yeah. Um, he could be Ahab. Yeah, that'd be brief. <laughs> yeah. That'd be too much of a waste of Tim Curry. Well, they might, if they got Tim Curry, maybe they would have expanded that bit maybe. of that part some. I don't know. I do like Page Master, though. Yeah, Page Master would be pretty fun. I'm I'm down for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't want him to be Jekyll or Hyde either, because ne- Leonard Nimoy did a great job. Yeah, I don't know. I think everyone did a great job in their roles, yeah. so it's kind of like I wouldn't necessarily actually want to replace them, but yeah, I think there's some roles that he also could have been good at. Yeah. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. I don't know if I would recommend this. The story was standard... There were some nice animated parts and some nice character, uh, not like character beats, like developing a character, but just like little moments, little jokes. Yeah, I don't know if I would recommend this. It wasn't terrible. It was fine. Uh, I guess I will rate it a, I don't know, let's say two. Yeah, I kind of land roughly in the same place. Like, if, if you have memories of this movie from the 90s, like... Sure, go watch it. Enjoy yourself. You'll probably enjoy it. It's it's fine. If you're someone who was born, you know, <laughs> past 2000 uh, and who hasn't seen it and sounds doesn't sound like this is something you'll be interested in, it's it's fine. You can pass it. Pass on it. You'll be okay. 
Uh, I probably, yeah, I'm in roughly the same place as you, Valerie. Uh, 2.25. Um, I definitely would not say it's a must see and I wouldn't, I wouldn't highly recommend it. And I think I land also, I think I'll land also at about a two. Yeah, I'm going to go with a two also, um, I th- which puts it on par for me with All Dogs Go to Heaven. I think All Dogs Go to Heaven it has a stronger first two thirds than this movie is strong overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but All Dogs Go to Heaven really falls apart in the end. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I I have a ton of nostalgic for it. Be- nostalgia for this because for some reason I we did own this VHS. I remember the, you know, the physical... VHS boxes or whatever. And I, I watched this a ton. Um, but it's, it's okay. Like it's, it's not a great movie. Um, maybe it deserved to make more than half of its budget back, but, <laughs> um, yeah, there were lots of strong, like voice acting. Roles. Yeah. The, the voice acting mm-hmm. is some of the best parts. Like the, I don't know. The character stuff is some of the strongest parts, but it's not strong enough. Like they don't, they're, the characters aren't, deep or anything they're just fun um so yeah two i'll go i'll go with the two um i i lightly recommend it if it sounds like something that's up your alley next time we will be watching a japanese movie that i am very much looking forward to finally seeing because it's sort of a big deal (laughs) um but i haven't seen it or anything by this director um so i'm looking forward to that being my first introduction to this guy's work all right well ryan thank you so much for being with us it always is even more fun when you're with us i'm happy to pop my head in every now and then see what's going on around here (laughs) yeah we love to have you you're a lot of fun and you bring some interesting perspectives you do you do thanks do you have anything you want to say to our dear friend ryan (laughs) oh my god Get out of here. Okay. Get out of my school. <laughs> I'm dying. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Thank um, you. Like, subscribe, whatever. This yeah. isn't YouTube, so there's not a like. Anyways, just, yeah. in, just you know, engage with us in some way Smash if you want. Smash that bell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and we will see y'all next time. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening.
Mom, you dropped out. Get back in there. You guys need to cut this out. <laughs> oh my god. No, you'll need to cut this out. When you edit oh, the show. Got me. Just, uh, I don't know. I only know these things because of Homestuck. I will no, cut me saying this. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't want people to know you're into Homestuck. <laughs> so late it would be one thing it's like oh you were in at the time it's like oh years later you're just gonna go back and read it uh-huh. <laughs> facebook post <laughs> so you what well, now this is now this is the easter egg yeah yeah it is i'll just add the homestucks things at the end um <laughs> i have to bleep my curse i was gonna mumble a whole bunch oh yeah